I do want to cover this historic JPEG transaction that occurred. Was it 14 years ago today, Trevor? 14 years ago, man. I actually wrote 13 years ago in my initial tune. I was like, God damn, it's 2024. Getting old here. I was alive in 2010 when this happened. I didn't have Bitcoin back then, unfortunately. Wish I did because this guy named Sabunir, I'll give you guys an overview of it. So there's a Bitcoin talk forum post. Essentially, Sabunir and Satoshi Nakamoto are officially the first JPEG scammers of Bitcoin. Sabunir's idea, and then Satoshi jumped in to help Sabunir try to scam some very well-intentioned Bitcoiners by selling them a JPEG on today, literally January 24th of 2010. We found the screenshot, actually it was Udi, I think, who helped resurface this big earlier, midway through last year. So Sabunir, who is spelled S-A-B-U-N-I-R. I know, Adam, you did some investigative journalism trying to find this guy and some d deeper digging into this, but the post exists out there. Sabonier was trying to sell a, a desktop wallpaper for 500 BTC, which was $5 at the time. And Satoshi Nakamoto helped in, jumped in, tried to make some suggestions on how he could do that. This is, I think, even before we had the Bitcoin addresses. I, I don't exactly remember, but like the tech was so new that it like they needed some special way to even tell that a transaction was made. And it's not clear. So it hasn't been proven that this transaction was actually made. However, a month later after this post, Sabonier did receive three payments, uh, two uh, 100 BTC payments and then one 500 BTC payments. So it, there is a 500 BTC payment that matches the original request. However, it was over a month later, which I think, I believe he posted something else asking for donations. And so people were saying it might be a donation. But in any case, this is a full, almost five months, shy of two days, five months earlier than the or maybe four months, my math is incorrect here, the Bitcoin pizza transaction. So we all know the Bitcoin pizza transaction generally regarded as the first ever Bitcoin transaction for to buy anything. This JPEG sale could potentially be earlier than that. However, it's not confirmed because the timing of it could lead the payments to be for something else, a donation or something like that. And so we need to find Sabonier here to actually confirm this. But I think it's a really important and interesting thing of trivia, especially revealing that the one of the first JPEG scammers was Satoshi Nakamoto himself, and definitely an event worth celebrating for the Ordinals community. So Adam, go ahead, jump in. Yeah, that it was basically a screensaver. This guy, realistically, it's art. Guy was trying to sell his art, which is really, just really cool. You're right about the early, you know, what we take for granted today, wallets, infrastructure, and addresses. I think the addresses, correct me if I'm wrong, somebody knows more than I probably, but it was like, you got your address based on your IP kind of thing. It was like really crazy early Bitcoin days. Look, this is the thing that we take for granted now with ordinals. It's like finding use cases for transactions and people willing to spend Bitcoin on transactions and have fun with it. This is, it just, it cannot be discounted how important ordinals is for Bitcoin. This idea of actually spending your Bitcoin on stuff, dude, it's mission critical. Like how we have to get people to spend their crypto and all the holders out there, God love them, but spending invigorates and enlivens the entire community. Wallets get built, marketplaces get built, everything gets built because there's transactions happening. And to honor it, I did some digging, tried to get other people involved in wallet hunting and trying to track down those sats and where'd that thing go trying to find this dude. I even did an investigative thing trying to find out the actual image, if you go to the Bitcoin talk of Savonier's, the name itself, trying to figure out what it meant. I had people in my DMs telling me what it meant in Arabic and all this sort of shit. 
It is a rabbit hole that is still waiting to be uncovered. Like who that dude was, please. Anybody who know anything, uh, reach out. Uh, it's one of the great mysteries of Bitcoin. I think it's, it's pretty awesome. And Adam, what did you do to track them down? You spent quite a bit of time, right? Basically what I did was I tried to find the name itself, tried to tie that to something. And closest I got was like, God, it's been like almost two years now was basically that writing, like what it might've meant, but we didn't get anywhere with it. And then tried to go down the, the wallet thing, like try to find it. Hey, was that wallet connected with anything else that we could track down? And I had two guys try to help me with that. That never materialized either. So it dead ended for me. Yeah. As far as trying to find who that dude was, that dead ended. And often as you're in this space, those early people often do not want to be found. Right. And I ran into this when we rediscovered an old NFT project on ETH, we bumped into the, basically the founder was, had basically hundreds of millions of dollars. He was a presale buyer of Ethereum at the Ethereum launch. And guys who are worth a couple hundred million dollars don't want to be known. So it's very possible we never find this dude. And Adam, what was the second event? Did he post uh, a second time a month later, basically just asking for donations for something? Didn't he, did he make the, a BTC logo or something like that? I don't think it was a logo. Honestly, I can't remember exactly what it was. For me, my feeling was, look, that was, those lined up, that 500 BTC payment lined up. Could it have been for something else? It's possible. But it just seems to be like that transaction took place in DMs, basically. But I guess we, we may never know that one. That may be the eternal mystery. I'd love to have Nullish on. Maybe he could dive deeper on that sat. Although I'm sure he has. I would find it hard to believe that some sat hunters haven't dove deep on that, which tells me those may not be gettable. That seems to be the case because money's a great motivator. And I would have thought Nullish would have already went down that rabbit hole and those might not be findable. People have definitely found the JPEG. I think the issue is it always sucks when there's that little question in the back of everyone's head. It would be really nice to get a get closure. The hunters are very impressive people. Very, we're gonna have to we're gonna have to someday do a just show with literally just like people who've lifted through over a hundred million dollars of Bitcoin hunting or something like that, and just like load up the stage with the most rat group of people in the Ordinals ecosystem. Billy, you got something you want to add here or a question or anything? Yeah, I was just wondering why you guys are pumping my bags. The JPEG sats, let's go. I've been waiting 10 months for this, you guys. Come on. So, Billy, are the JPEG sats just the 500, or are they also the two other payments of 100? I don't want to get into semantics. No, there's some cool ones. When you combine different rarities, as you guys saw, the pizza combined with an uncommon just goes for some crazy multiples. And I'm always watching the market, seeing... Because asking price doesn't mean anything. I want to see what buyers are actually paying for these things. And it's really interesting to see what people are, are hunting for or looking or trying to snipe on these marketplaces like Magisat and Magic Eden. They are looking for mathematically scarce sat numbers, which are really cool. There's some uncommons that just have one digit and then zeros following it. Some people are stacking multiple Nakamoto palindromes, JPEG palindromes have a nice premium. But I have noticed since the ETFs went live, there's been a significant amount of outflows from the Grayscale Trust after it got converted to the ETF because people could finally redeem Bitcoin. Now, when you sold the trust before, they just kept the Bitcoin. Now, when you sell 
the ETF, they actually have to sell it to the market. And since they work with Coinbase, what I've noticed is just a lot of older sats being activated, a huge windfall for uncommons, just hitting the exchanges, and just a lot of opportunity for older sats from 2009 uncommons. It's pretty cool to see, like I've had a theory, the higher Bitcoin's price goes, it's going to attract some of those people, maybe even some of the people that we think we consider them unspendable. DZ's brother has been doing some amazing research and just sharing it for free on Twitter. And it really highlights like how rare some of these things are on the heels of the Sotheby's auction where the second black rare went for $165,000, about four BTC at the time. It's really cool to see collectors step in and say, I want this small piece of Bitcoin. I didn't realize that FTX had a shit ton of grayscale and they sold almost a billion dollars. And I've actually, I'm pretty impressed that the prices actually held up. And we saw like a 20% dip after going, after ripping up 160%. It's really bullish to me to see all of this selling get absorbed and to see like some of these top dogs such as BlackRock just suddenly have 44,000 Bitcoin on behalf of their customers, whether you think that's good or bad, sat hunting is going to be good for a while. And then Corey and I agree on this. Eventually it will dry up and you're just going to have a, a supply shock that you've never seen before. And the only uncommons you can get are people are just plucking those as they mine them and you just really can't get access. Yeah, no mate. How's it going? The mention that you sell ETFs for the Bitcoin and buy, is it the, how I correctly understood it? So you can buy even ETF with the Bitcoin. I, I'm not sure if I understood it correctly. Let me know. Yeah. So just customers, there's a financial product available to retail and other customers. Basically, someone just buys a share of the ETF, could be like $14. And then that entity has to go into the open market if they don't already have that Bitcoin and purchase it. And they pretty much settle and have to report their books every day. So I, from what I hear, it's very tight and liquid and inefficient, but that should, obviously it's bringing a lot of liquidity to the market and introduces a whole new game. And I think it's going to actually reduce volatility over time. I won't go too much into it, but there's a mechanism where if, you know, all these registered investment agents are trying to keep people at a 1% allocation, once it goes higher, they'll trim that back down to 1%. The band of volatility is going to shrink a little bit. They have to buy Bitcoin on behalf of their customers. If you actually want to custody your own Bitcoin, you probably don't, you're not interested in the ETF. I'm 100% not. No, I'm just wondering what's the structure and how do they operate? Thank you so much. I did want to add because I just did a quick couple of Googling about the whole Sabineer and the, the JPEG sale. So basically the story is he posted the trying to sell the JPEG 14 years ago, January 24th, 2010. And then a month later on, it was actually initially on February 7th, there was a forum thread post called Make Your Own we accept Bitcoin logos. So user Sirius requested from the community to challenge them to make a logo for we accept Bitcoin. 
And at this point, Savonier responded on first on February 24th, where he posted one example, and then he got some feedback. He posted a bunch more on the later that day on the 24th, and then he put the donation address. Immediate next two 100 BTC payments were received as soon as he made that post, and then the 500 was also made. And so what people think is that potentially people donated to him for making this logo, and then perhaps one person saw his old post that he was selling a screensaver for 500 and that there potentially was a transaction made for the JPEG, but no one can confirm. So I just want to give people that story because the timing of the payments were a month later and part of this other threat or happened immediately after it. And there was a little confusion because if you look at the time on the Bitcoin talk forums, and you look at the time on the mempool, they're not necessarily both in the UTC or it depends on what time zone you're looking at. But it is confirmed that all three of the transactions happened after he made this this post to ask for donation and made some graphics for the We Accept Bitcoin logo. But people still speculate that the 500, having matched the earlier post, could be for that screensaver. Friend of mine on Twitter here, Bashar, he actually thought it looked like Arabic numbers, which was interesting. And also on February 9th, he did make a post, which kind of was like following up as like, why don't you want to buy this, which the artwork, don't you like the picture? You don't accept the price, which was like literally like a dollar or five dollars or something. But yeah, it's just one of these classic stories of Bitcoin. Awesome. Digital, welcome back to the Ordinal Show. So I posted a tweet recently and Adam, you commented on it, which is before I build it, I'd love the answer. So I'm working on solving the trail of history. So uh, translating time uh, in relationship to fungible and non-fungible digital assets uh, in creating uh, history. And I wanted to know from you guys, is there anybody already solving the trail of crypto, like a marketplace or a, an on-chain history of the cleanliness of Bitcoin and other cryptos? Let me give a little context here so you, everybody in the space understands what he's asking about. And we've seen this on ETH a bit. So Leo, you're familiar, like when you try to tie ownership of an NFT and maybe, okay, mine was owned, my, my pixel map was owned by Fidgetal first, then Leo owned it, then I owned it. For owners to easily be able to see that trail of it, not only the trail of history, but sometimes you think about it, and I, I know some marketplaces were working on this, but allowing owners or enabling owners to either write a story or comment on it or add context to the works, especially like high-end artworks. So we've seen this in traditional collecting around our work and stuff where the provenance of it and who owned it and the stories behind it are obviously are important, but being able to create that in an immutable way that kind of lives with the works, I think to just add some context to what Fidgetal is asking. Yeah. So it actually goes in that, we'll go too deep. So when I first started in crypto early on, this was with some of the founders of Colored Coins and, and shit like that. My brain was spinning, I was thinking use cases and I correlated why value has value, right? And, and for me, blockchain, especially Bitcoin, is the memorialization of, of time as the, the truest and most finite and most valuable asset in our realities. And when someone buys a nice bottle of wine, a lot of the times it's the value is, is quote unquote, the provenance being able to talk about where it came from, the terroir, the vintage, the vintner, the maceration, the grape source, the everything about the product makes, builds the reason why it's okay to spend the money. So that would be for NFTs, but I'm asking actually on, on the crypto side, I believe that, and correct me if I'm wrong, eventually there's going to be a market for not older sats or, or younger sats or older, but cleaner 
which ones can you verifiably prove and haven't been used for illicit? So like virgin crypto or the history of how crypto has been used so that the value of the asset is not necessarily the market price or the floor price of that asset, but it's essentially utility in terms of the use cases that you're going to do it. So if you're going to pay your taxes, you can, they might say you can use clean Bitcoin from range zero to uh, 77. Is any of that being done in terms of once distributions are complete, now we're talking about a finite, let's use Bitcoin, a finite number of total Bitcoin now comes into quality versus quantity. What are we defining as clean Bitcoin? Certainly we've talked about it with SATs, right? It Does a SAT have an inscription already on it? That's certainly one level that could be discussed. I don't know. It's going down a, a bit of a rabbit hole there. The provenance of rare and exotic Satoshis, specifically exotic Satoshis, as Casey defines it in the Ordinals Protocol. And I think the answer is there's a massive kind of movement to understand that history, value the collectability of some of those SATs that were in important moments and important transactions. And even you mentioned the word clean. I had a 30 minute call with a guy a couple of months ago who was pitching this idea that on Word.io, we could index all of the SATs that were mined with renewable energy versus not renewable energy and marking them as not bad proof of work SATs, but not coal or something like this. Potentially the market could say, hey, this was the idea. If the market even valued a SAT at like 1% more because it wasn't mined through coal or something like this, and it's 0.01 sats for that sat, this is billions and billions of dollars of value shifting in a, in a really interesting way. I don't know, like probably we're not going to be building that, but it's definitely an interesting idea and like someone could build it and could see what happens. I, I don't think there's anything stopping anyone from creating a narrative or trying to index something. And then if people buy into that thing and care about it, they can, the free market can value that however they want. To me, there's nothing wrong with that. So I do think these things are just getting started and people will care more and more about like the specific stats and their address in the future. And we're clearly seeing that with Sotheby's selling individual stats for four Bitcoin.